We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Welcome to worship this morning, the second Sunday of Advent. What a privilege to gather together as we proclaim the truth of the Word become flesh. Amen? Amen. So as we begin worship this morning, I want to read Mary's response. This has kind of been our catalyst for how we've considered Advent, how we're going to worship this whole month. So look here and ask yourself, do these words typify your heart? Here's Luke 1, 46 to 50. It says this, And Mary said, My soul exalts, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. 
for he has regarded the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. That includes you and me. And aren't you grateful? Let's sing. Take your hymnal. Turn to 94. Angels from the realms of glory. Let's worship. to welcome those around you in worship this morning. Welcome. Welcome to First Baptist Church. 
We're grateful that you're here this morning. Thank you for, for coming and being a part of this service. This is one of those Sundays where uh, it's hard to get down here. It's hard to get to church in downtown when there's a marathon on, but we are here. We're here worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and that is exactly where we need to be this morning. So thank you for being here and all of our church family that are watching on TV this morning. We love you, and we're grateful that you're with us on the television. And so it is a good day to be together. Let me say, too, if you are a guest with us this morning, we would love to get to know you. And the way that we do that is through these guest res registration cards. Now, these should be in the pew back in front of you. If you would take one of those and fill it out and put it in the offering plate at the end of the service, um, we would love to get to know you. Uh, with that said, let's pray and continue our worship. Lord, this is... A new day, a new day set aside for you and your holiness. And Lord, we pray that as we gather, we would recognize both the grandness of your name and the intimacy of your touch. Lord, that the God who created the heavens above cares so deeply to come and to be near us, to sit with us, to be our healer and our hope, our redeemer. So, Lord, we praise your name. And as we gather together in this place to worship, may your spirit come. Come and ignite something good within us. Holy love that will radiate out the person of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Through the four weeks of Advent, First Baptist Church is going to look at the different ways that we can magnify Jesus. Last week we looked at his life. This week we look at his love for us, and this is just a remarkable thing. So if you look at this scripture, Romans 5, 8, and just consider for a second what this says about his love for you, his love for me. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's that middle part of the sentence that just is overwhelming, isn't it? You know the state of your own heart when he found you and when, you, when he just decided to say, it's time. God demonstrated his own love towards us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Church, are you grateful? Boy, I am too. Blessed be the God of Israel, hymn 79. Let's continue our worship. Take your hymnal, stand together once again. Let's sing.
you may be seated. Please continue to worship. Then children, come on down. Now, we do have a little bit of a blockade. So you're going to have to come around through the center eye hole and come back down this way and meet me right up here. All right, good to see you guys this morning. Come on down. Yeah, glad you're here. Come on in. We'll get everybody up here. All right, we ready? Good morning. Amen. Come on down, everybody. Y'all looking good this morning. Glad you're here. Come on down. Come on down. All right. I have a couple questions for you this morning. We're going to talk about how people show love this morning. So first, I'm just going to ask you a question. You just answer out loud. Okay, so the, the first question is, how do family members show that they love you? What are some ways that they show you, do you think? Uh, a hug is a good one. Gifts, that's right, that's a good one. Be kind. What else? How do family members show you they love you? The, yeah, they saying it's good, isn't it? That's right. What else? How else do your your they give you kisses? That's right. Show you affection. Is there any other? How else do your family members show you? Yeah, they love you and hug. Now let's 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 change gears a little bit. What about your friends? How how do your friends show you that? Yeah, treat you well. Yeah. What else? How do your friends show you that they love you? They're there when you're sad. That's exactly right. Yeah, they play with you when you need a friend. That's right. How else do your, your friends show you that? Th yeah, you play together. That's a good one. Or that you always make sure you always be with They always be with you. Yeah, they always be with you. That's right. All right, now let's... Let's take, let's take one more, right? So, so those are, we talked about our family. Now we've talked about our friends. Now, what about our God? How does God show you that he loves you? Does anybody know what? He takes away your sins. He takes away your sins. That's right. Let's go. What else? A prayer. Producing. Oh, prayers. Yeah. What's that? Producing a world. Yeah. Creating our world. That was wonderful. Answering our prayers. What else? He said. His son, Jesus Exactly. That's right. And that's exactly right for Christmas, right? Christmas time is when we celebrate God sending his son, Jesus, for us. And that was out of love that he did that so that we could know him and know who he is. Now, what we're going to do, will you come help me? We're going to come, we're going to come light a candle. And this candle, we're going to celebrate this love that our God has for us and how he showed us this love in the person of Jesus Christ. I got it in there. Light, light this candle right here. This one? Yeah, right there. Perfect. It is by the love of Jesus Christ that we light this second candle on the second week of Advent. Let's pray together and we'll continue worship. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for loving us. Lord, sending others who love us. And Lord, for sending your perfect son, Jesus Christ, to love on us. Lord, may we love him back in every way that we possibly can. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you all.
just watching my nephews. I was just, my nephews, I was just so enamored. I'm so glad they're here. And let's sing, everybody. A little town of Bethlehem, 86, standing together. Let's worship.
Amen. If you would, find your listening sheet. It looks like this. Should be in your bulletin. We are going to read together Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Let's stand together. This then is the text for today. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest, and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. May God bless the reading of his word. Have you ever seen someone and thought, I'm supposed to know that person? Where you, you go into a room, and on the other side of the room, you see someone who looks familiar. And your first thought is, I, I can't place them. I know I'm supposed to place them, but, but I can't, and it drives you crazy. I hear this gets worse as you get older. Is that, is that right? <laughs> that's, that's what I've been told. And so usually you say, I, don't, I, I, I mean, I recognize them, but I, I don't know who they are. And so usually you ask whoever you're with, who, who is that person? And usually they have no clue either. So now we get to today's text, and in today's text, we meet this leper. And this this leper begins to recognize Jesus for all that he is. Jesus is coming down off of the mountain as he's he's preached the, the Sermon on the Mount, and here he comes, and this leper begins to recognize who he really was. But there are crowds of people around. There are all kinds of people around that day who are looking at Jesus Christ, and they were looking at him as across a room, and they didn't yet quite know what to make of him. Some of them were looking at Jesus and saying, this man must be some kind of rabbi. Some, some of them were looking at him, maybe he's some kind of prophet. Some of them were saying, maybe he's some kind of healing doctor. Others, others think, maybe he's just some kind of spectacular showman. And many in that day, many that were even surrounding Jesus Christ, he was on the other side of the room, and they weren't sure what to make of it. Who is this man? And what is this man doing here? But the leper, the leper in today's text begins to recognize Jesus for who he really is. And as he looked and he saw Jesus, he said, that is the one. That's the one that I have to be with. He's the one person that I need to see. He is the one person that I have to be near today. In fact, this leper was resolved within himself when he saw Jesus Christ. He wasn't going to stay on the other side of the room. Within himself, he says, I am going to go be near Jesus Christ today. Whatever it takes, I'm going to go stand with that man. And that's what he did. Now, to our modern ears, that might not sound like much, But let me assure you, that is everything. You see, people all around us make a habit out of wasting their time. 
So many, even in this country, so many in our city, waste their time trying to figure out who Jesus Christ is. He's on the other side of the room and says, I don't really know yet what to make of him. Or in the back of their minds are thinking, I don't really know yet what Jesus Christ can do for me. And so Jesus Christ stays over there. And, and we begin to work it out with ourselves. Well, we're going to do what we need to do to research that guy. We're going to read about him and we're going to talk about him. And as we do, we're going to keep him at arm's length. Let me, let me assure you this morning, you're making a costly mistake if you're waiting to figure out Jesus Christ before you draw near to him. Because like, just like any other relationship, you're not going to be able to figure him out and know him until you come near to the Christ. If you're keeping the Christ at arm's length or across the room, you will never get to know him. You'll never know him without a relationship. You're never going to know him talking about him or reading about him. You're only going to know him by being in a relationship with him. You see, we spend a lot of time studying Jesus Christ, watching him from afar, but the leper today, he says, all, you all can keep talking. You keep talking amongst yourselves. I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to go talk to Jesus Christ himself. You see, this is perfect faith. When we recognize Jesus Christ, when we recognize who he is, we can't let him pass by. And this leper... He's going out on a limb here. He's not supposed to be there. He isn't supposed to be near these people. If you go back and look at Leviticus chapters 13 and 14, you'll see all that this man had to deal with. Leprosy was a broader category back then. We think of leprosy as a more specific skin disease. In those days, leprosy was just a generic term sort of covering all skin diseases, uh, some of which, many of which were contagious. And this was part of the health code that was lined out in the Old Testament to keep the community safe. See, these skin disease, when they were contagious, you had to make sure you kept them away from the community. They were unclean. They were kept out. And so when a leper like this is sent outside of the community, and in fact, he, he's left out of worship, couldn't live with anybody else. They, they were sent into solitude. And even when, when people came near them, Leviticus spells this out, they must yell out when people walk near them, unclean, unclean, so that everybody around them would know of the contagion. So they would steer, steer clear of them. Sounds harsh, but it was the way to protect the community from disease. Now, the greater difficulty here, though, is the belief that with this physical ailment, in particular with leprosy, that with the physical ailment, it meant you were spiritually unclean too, as though this was something that came out of the heart, and your heart was unclean, and your heart was unclean, and it was turning into some kind of skin condition. Spiritually unclean too. But did you hear what the, the leper tells Jesus here? The leper comes to Jesus and says, if you want to make me clean, you can. See, the, the leper is recognizing Jesus here. He knows Jesus can heal him. And he knows Jesus doesn't have to, as often is the case. 
But here in our text for today, in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus heals this man. And he heals him because it sets the stage for everyone else to begin to recognize who Jesus is. This physical healing is about Jesus Christ. And it's about who he is and what he has come to do. It's so much more than about this leprous man. You see, in this moment, everybody else is going to recognize who Jesus is. It's almost as if we're going back to Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, Moses heals Miriam of leprosy. It's as if this man is as of Moses. Here we go and, and we look at 2 Kings chapter 5. And in 2 Kings chapter 5, so you, you will know a prophet when he heals them of their leprosy. This is Jesus rising above the prophets. This is Jesus rising above Moses. And we know that it's more. It's more than Moses and it's more than the prophets because then we look ahead to Matthew chapter 11. And in Matthew chapter 11, the gospel makes it clear that the healing of the leper is a sign of the coming Messiah. Now, Jesus is the Christ. And in this moment, this is what we need to know about his authority and about his hope, about who he is. He, he's greater than Moses. He's greater than the prophets. He is indeed the Son of God, the Messiah that has come to save. That's what's happening in this moment. This isn't just a, a man being healed to go on about his business. This is about the person of Jesus Christ, representing the full authority of heaven on earth, saying, this is who I am. See, this isn't just a moment for one man to come back into community. This is a moment that the Son of Man comes to all communities. He says, I've come to heal and seek and save that which is lost. See, this is where Jesus Christ is proclaiming his role as Savior of the world. And all must recognize his authority. So this morning, as, as we recognize what's happening here, you, you recognize Jesus, who he is. And as we recognize who Jesus is, we will experience the most significant moment of our life in experiencing Jesus Christ. You see, as our text unfolds today, the leper recognizes Jesus and, and comes before the Christ to experience him. And what does Jesus do? Look, look back with me. Matthew chapter 8, verse 3. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched this leprous man. Here, worlds are colliding as Jesus stretches out his hand. Don't, don't miss this right now. This, this is Jesus Christ driving back Satan to where he belongs. This is Jesus redeeming creation in a way that no other man can. As, as Jesus stretches out his hand to touch the leprous man, there is real suspense because we know we know from the context, if any other man touches this leper, that man will be sickened and removed from the community. But the leprosy didn't touch Jesus. The contagion couldn't contain the Christ. See, experiencing the touch of Jesus Christ brought complete healing, both of the skin and of the heart. This is a healing of everything. This is a healing of the whole man moving beyond his leprosy to the healing of the real uncleanliness of his heart. He was made right. right. This is more than a healing of leprosy. 
That's, it's making that which was unclean clean again. And every one of us in here need that message this morning, that God makes that which is stained and unclean pure and holy. See, we, whether we have leprosy or not, are unclean in our sinfulness. We have been stained by the world. We, we have been swept away by temptation and the sins of this world. It's as though sin is more contagious than leprosy. Though we haven't caught leprosy, every one of us in here has caught the disease of sin. You know, the guilt that we carry because of the sin in our lives is, is far worse than any of the physical ailments. In fact, the, the, the burden of sin that weighs down our shoulders really just renders us paralyzed. You know, we, we may be dealing with all kinds of things this morning, like sinus infection or achy bones or heart disease, those kinds of things. But the worst thing we face, the worst disease there is, is the disease of sin. But we have hope in the person of Jesus Christ. See, the promise of God is that if you will repent and believe, you will be saved. You will be made clean again. If you come near to Jesus Christ, you will be transformed. The touch of Christ changes a person. Nothing else in this world will change you like the touch of Jesus Christ. And so we don't leave him on the other side of the room saying, I think I recognize him. But we move in close and experience the touch of the Christ who makes us whole again and cleanses us from all of our sins. It's the Christ who makes it right. You know, some of us get awfully confused here. Because as we, we carry this guilt of sin and we begin to, to recognize this weight that's on our own shoulders, some of us go out of our way to, to, to figure out what Jesus is doing. You know, we think, well, if I can go do the same things Jesus was doing, maybe that'll help get rid of the guilt that I'm carrying. Sometimes we tell ourselves, well, if I'll go take, take care of that man with leprosy, that'll take care of my guilt. Or if I, go, if I go take care of the poor, that'll get rid of my guilt. Or if I go take care of the homeless, that'll take my guilt away. You see, in, in the pride of our guilt, we start to think, well, what, what can I do to heal these people? It'll make, it'll make me feel better. See, I saw Jesus do that. I'll go do what Jesus was doing, and then, then maybe everything will be okay. But I have to tell you this morning, that's the most ridiculous line of thinking we could possibly think. You don't go stand with the lepers to get rid of your guilt. You go and experience Jesus Christ to get rid of your guilt. You, you can't do enough to make the guilt go away. The only way the guilt is redeemed, the only way that we're saved and made whole again is to experience the person of Jesus Christ. Have you been near Jesus this week? See, the question is, have, have we been near a leper this week? The question is, have you been near Jesus this week? Have you loved Jesus this week? Have you bowed down to Jesus this week? Have you spent as much time with him as you have with everybody else this week? He's the redeemer that will take away the guilt that we are bearing. You can't just try to go out and imitate what Jesus was doing. Imitating what Jesus was doing isn't going to bring any salvation into your life. 
You can't go on a pilgrimage somewhere to get rid of the guilt that you're bearing this morning. You must experience the person of Jesus Christ. We can't do anything of our own to get rid of the guilt. You can't do anything to heal yourself. Just go and bow down before Jesus Christ. Look with me at verse 4. We get to chapter 8, verse 4. Jesus says to him, so Jesus cleanses him, cleanses him. If you go back just at the end of verse 3, that last sentence, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus touches the man, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. We get to verse 4. Jesus says to him, See that you tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Here, Jesus referencing back, living out Leviticus 13 and 14. There's a lot of scholarly debate over this verse. What what do you do with this messianic secret? Jesus telling him, oh, you can't go tell anybody. You see this through the the Gospel of Mark, too. Jesus says, don't don't go tell anybody what I've done for you. And then not only does Jesus do that here, he says, don't don't go tell anybody. Then then he says, well, go show yourself to the priest. There's a lot of debate about what what that means. What, What is Jesus saying here? What is Jesus asking this man to do here? And, you know, a lot of our debate revolves around, well, maybe I need to replicate that. Maybe I need to go do what this man was doing, and that's what's going to save me. Well, we really just need to be near the Christ. But we, we see here, may, maybe, maybe the clouds were, or crowds were clamoring for another spectacular healing moment. So maybe that's why Jesus is saying, well, let's keep this quiet for now. Or maybe this was supposed to be a sign to the priests Saying that the priests, they, they, get, they get to see that Jesus Christ is the real deal. He healed leprosy as no one else can. Or may, maybe this is, is as much for the man as anything, where the only way he could come back into society, the only way he could come back to worship was to immediately go to the priest and the priest say, you're right, you're clean. So the priest had to kind of sign off on him being back in the community, which he certainly needed. Jesus knew that needed to happen, and they make it happen. There's all the debate on why. Why, why is Jesus causing all this to happen in this way? And, and frankly, it, it doesn't matter why Jesus asked him to do what he did. What matters is that he obeyed Jesus Christ. When we come near Jesus, we will experience him in perfect healing. Where God will redeem us and heal us. He will give us the strength that we need. And he will include us in his work. And so we'll walk with him and we'll be with him. And wherever he is, he's working and we'll be included in part of that work. When when you're near Jesus Christ, he's going to prepare you so that you're beyond yourself. The work of the Spirit in your life and in your heart means that you can do more than you're humanly capable of. Because you're walking with the Savior and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, Jesus will will say, take this step of obedience. After he heals this man, he tells him what to go and to do. And he gives us these moments of obedience that are exactly what we need. You know, the worst thing in the world for us to do then is to question him. Say, Jesus, why are you telling me to do this? Our response is, Jesus, you are perfect and holy. 
and I'm going to do every single thing that you tell me to do. You know, when those little steps of obedience are the best, and God blesses them every time, when God calls us to, to do some small thing, and we take a step of faith, he says, well done, my child. And your heart is warmed in the spirit. But I want you to note something here with this leper. There's something we want here that doesn't happen. Jesus doesn't give this leper a five-year plan for his life. And so many of us, we come to Jesus Christ and we say, Jesus, I want the game plan. I want you to, to tell me, and I'm going to need you to go ahead and tell me, if I'm going to follow you, if I'm going to follow you for the next year or however long, I want to know what it's going to be. Jesus, you tell me the one-year plan, the five-year plan, the ten-year plan, and I want to know every high point along the way, and I want your assurance, Lord, that nothing difficult is going to happen in this five-year plan. But that isn't what God gives us, is it? In fact, what Jesus does is he kind of crumples all of that up into one ball of trash and chunks it where it needs to go. See, the primary example for us in Scripture is just like this leper. Jesus heals him and tells him the next step. He says, watch your tongue. Be careful what you say. Go. Go, go show yourself to the priest. And he said, share with the priest what Jesus Christ has done for you. Share with the priest that Jesus Christ has made you clean. Share with the priest that Jesus Christ has made you whole. Let that be a testimony to them that the work of Jesus Christ is alive and well, is unlike anything they have ever seen. You know, this, this is what we need. We, we get all caught up in next things. We want to know what's, what's next beyond. What, what's happening next year? What's the next job? What's the next house? What's the next life? What all God is asking us to do is to trust him for daily bread. He says, I will give you this day the daily bread. That which you need for your, to sustain you physically. And that which you need to sustain you spiritually today is here before you. It's in the person of Christ. It's in the work of the Holy Spirit. I will give you everything that you need for today. And then we look up to God and say, well, give me the five-year plan. And Jesus takes us back into the Exodus. Says, look, look what I did in the Exodus with the children of Israel. Every day, I said, have faith in me. I'm going to provide for you exactly what you need in your daily bread. Trust that I'm going to handle tomorrow. See, tomorrow is going to be taken care of. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next year. Don't worry about the next five years. The call of God on your life is to be obedient today. You know, it's like we, we keep Jesus at the back of the room saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to study Jesus. I'm going to talk about Jesus. And I'll go near him whenever I get it all figured out. You know, we do the same thing with obedience. God says, go today. Live in my love today. And we say the same thing. God, I'm, we're going to study this. I'm going to work through this. I'm, I'm going to look at it. And we're looking at it from every angle. And we're going to make sure this is exactly right. I'm, I'm going to test every method here. We're going to find the right one. And all God's saying, just be obedient to me today. Stop putting me off for one more hour. We're, we're going to take care of tomorrow. You don't need to worry about that. You, you come unto me today. 
And if you follow Jesus Christ and you come in near to him today, tomorrow is going to take care of itself. Whatever burden you're worried about tomorrow, whatever is causing anxiety about your schedule this week, God has it under control. The creator of the universe is with you and for you. You see, you don't, you don't need anything else. He's going to take care of it. And you certainly don't need any more information. You've got it all that you could possibly need to come near to Jesus Christ and follow him today. And that's the call that, that's upon our lives this morning. See, what, what does that look like? What does that look like today as, as we're living out our faith? There's a, there's a number of things it could be. I, I don't know how it might specifically touch you today, but there are some things that it could be. One of the ways that, that this happens is in repentance where, where God says you need to turn away from those things that I've been calling you to turn away from for ages. Leave them behind and come unto me. There's some things that you need to let go of that, that you're just clinging tightly to. Open up your hands and cling to the Christ instead of whatever you're holding on to. That today is the day that you, you serve the Christ in love. Whoever he has been calling you to take care of. Go show them compassion today. However God has been working in your heart, say yes to the Lord. Whatever ministry he might be calling you to, however he might be calling you in and a part of this church, say yes to the Lord today and he's going to take care of tomorrow. If we will say yes to the Lord, we will see a mighty and miraculous work unlike anything we have ever seen on the face of this earth. It'll be like the pages of the scripture. Jesus touched him and he was healed. Jesus touched us and we are cleansed. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we pray that you would draw in near to us this morning. That you would stir in our hearts in such a way, uh, such a way that it would be unmistakable. We would recognize your loving, holy work. And we would bow down to you. Lord, however that needs to happen this day, make it clear. Increase our faith that we might be obedient unto you. That there'd be no other option but obedience. And that we might see the fruit of the work of your son on the cross. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We're going to have our time of response now. And this is a time for you to obediently submit to the Lord. There's three ways on the bottom of your listening sheet. Maybe one of those ways is how you need to respond to the Lord this morning. Uh, if you'd like to pray, the altar is open. This side, come pray along this side. Um, Brian and I'll be over here.
and we'd be happy to receive you. If you want to pray with one of us or if you want to talk about accepting Christ or joining this church, now's the time to do that. Now, on the other side, Larry Soap is going to be on the other side. Some of us may not be able to get around with, with, with all this business down here. But, but Larry's over there. So if you need to be on that side, Larry's there. Brian and I will be over here. We want to receive you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe it's time for us to sing. But let me encourage you, if you're singing, sing from the heart this morning. There's going to be a time where we're going to give. As you give, give from the heart this morning, joyfully knowing it is the Lord's. See, all of us are going to respond to God in, in some way this morning. Some of us may respond disobediently, but may it not be so. May we respond in obedience. Now, if you need to, just remain seated where you are. But the rest of us, let's stand. Let's respond to our Lord.
continue to worship now through, through our giving. You may be seated.
I'm kind of think, can I hold you, buddy? Can I hold you? Can I hold you? Maybe? You know, one of the great privileges as a church family is that we're all in this together. In fact, we, we come together with our families, and we come together recognizing that it is the Lord. You want your dad? You go back. You go back. Okay. It is the, the Lord who takes care of us. And, it, and it's through the church that we come together and... <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> you want to come back? <laughs> We're so grateful that you're here. And so what we do is we come together and we bring... <laughs> we come together as families and recognize the Lord's work in this family and in our family. So what we're going to do together, we're going we're gonna to pray over the Miller family and we're going to pray over Malachi that God would use him and bless him as only our God can. And so just, just like we see in Scripture and we see with the Christ, his, his babies are brought before the Lord and say, Lord, use them. Use them here in this church and use them across the world. We know that God's going to take and protect both of these young men and protect this family and use them for his kingdom and for his good. So let's, let's pray over the Millers and let's pray over Malachi. Lord, it is, it is a joy to experience life together and family together. And Lord, we thank you for the Miller family. Lord, how you have brought them together, how you have tended to them and cared for them. Lord, you have protected them and you have provided for their every need. Lord, and you have provided both of these children. And, and what a joy and what a blessing it is to know these two boys. And Lord, we lift Malachi before you. We pray that you would take him, recognize him, Lord, put your hedge of protection around him. And Lord, take care of him as only you can. And Lord, we pray that his parents would recognize that it is you that sustains him. Lord, that's you that take care of Malachi. And Lord, that you're, you're going to bless their family from this day forward. And so, Lord, we, we lift him up to you. He's yours pray that you would bless him as only you can. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you, buddy. I didn't know if I was supposed to go down there. It must, if we go down there. No, come, come here. Okay. Got it. I, this is where I'm supposed to be. Am I in the right place, everybody? All right. Well, let me, let, me let me assure you that we have a right place for you tonight. Tonight at 5 p.m., we have Christmas at first. And it is an amazing presentation of the gospel. We hear of the hope of the Lord um, from our choir, and it is beautiful. We hope you'll be back tonight at 5 and bring many with you. Visitors, guests, neighbors, all need to come and hear this wonderful hope of the gospel uh, in song. So it's good. Be back tonight, 5 p.m. Then as we look forward to next week, next Sunday evening at 6 p.m., we will have our children's pageant. 
And so we pray that you would come back and support our children as they share that same hope of the gospel as only our children can. And then looking ahead into to the, the week following, we have an, a wonderful opportunity to worship together on Christmas Eve. Now at 445, we have a, a special Christmas Eve service for those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. In fact, if, if you would let us know, we, we want to make sure we know who you are and who's going to be a part of this service um, because it's a special time where we mourn with you and lean on the comfort of the Lord in this Christmas season. And then after that service, we'll have our Christmas Eve service together at 530. And so come Christmas Eve, share that with us. It's going to be a good time together. And lastly, you see the flowers, the beautiful flowers all around, and they are in uh, given to the glory of God and in memory of Ward Miller. And so we, we thank God for him, and we thank God for all that he has given. Amen. Brian, come. Church family, uh, this morning, Mr. Edwin Cook comes for membership uh, by transfer from First Baptist Church in Kerrville. Amen. Now, Dr. Cook told me he is 97 years old, or turning 97. It, it is never too late to join First Baptist Church of San Antonio. This is, this is, this is perfect and good. If, if you look forward in walking in faith with Dr. Cook, would you say amen? Amen. And? That's right. At the end of the service, he's, he's going to be over here with me. You come by and greet him and welcome him to this body of believers. Thank you. Others were dismissed. Arise, your light has come. If you, when you. See you tonight. God bless you.
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.